hey, my name is Luke Simmons. I'm the lead pastor of Redemption Church Gateway, and I am here with two of my favorite people in the whole world. Wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> believe it or not, that's actually true. Uh, this is Tyler Johnson. Tyler is the lead pastor for Redemption Arizona, and Josh Watt, who has been part of the team at Redemption Gateway and is now in the process of planting Redemption North Mountain, which yeah. will be the 10th congregation. Yeah. That's, pretty, that's pretty cool. So welcome to you guys. Great to be here. Yeah, it's good yeah. to be with. So um, neither of you guys grew up really in the church. I don't feel like I grew up like really embedded in the church. We went to church a lot as a kid, but you guys probably even less than than I did. And so as we have a conversation about planting a new redemption church, I kind of want to rewind the clock and sort of ask you guys, at what point did the local church become really important to you? So maybe start with you, Ty. Yeah, this is a big... Um, part of my story. So I come to faith late in high school um, without the influence of any local church or any parachurch. It was uh, one of the things that really made me realize that God is in control of how he moves upon people um, in the midst of it. And it was just a really incredible experience. So when I came to Arizona State, which I came to play baseball, um, I started getting around sports parachurch ministry. And that had happened before. So this is like Fellowship Christian Athletes, Athletes in Action. And in those kind of settings, you would hear things about the church, you know, sometimes. Mm. And they'd say church is important. All I thought that meant was on Sunday, go to a church. <laughs> so that's what I do. So when I was with players, I would the guys I was gonna invite to church on Sunday, who they were, I would go, hey, I've been to these different churches, I think they'd like this one hmm. more. So you'd kind of you know? bounce around week to week based on who you were inviting. A lot, a yeah. lot. So I, I mean, if I invited a, <clears throat> a player that was black, Pilgrim's Rest Baptist Church was kind of really growing, we'd show up at Pilgrim's Rest Baptist Church. Like if I was inviting a guy and that was saying to me like, this whole music thing's weird. I like teaching more. We'd go to a teaching predominant church, you know, whatever. It was very much like that. And I just thought, be in church to hear the Bible taught on Sundays. My That happened really for about a year and a half to two years. My second summer, I toured with Athletes in Action, which um, Luke had been a part of one of these the next following year with me. But on that summer, this guy taught through 1 Corinthians 12, and on the power of the body of Christ in a very universal way, but then he said, you you essentially activate the power of that body in a local context. Mm -hmm. And I remember going like, what in the world? Like, And I remember thinking like, I've never thought about the church that way. And I was, I, and I pressed in, he's like, well, it's really about relationships, love, covenant commitment to each other in a body. And I got really captured by the vision, mm -hmm. so I showed up, went to the state director of Fellowship Christian Athletes, which is a guy named Mike Sanfratello, and I said, hey, I've been to a lot of churches around, but mm. I don't know if any of them, and this was very, like, emotional or something. I'm like, you're, I don't. You're what, 21, something like this? 20. 20, yeah. At the time. So I'm like, hey, I don't know what this is. And he said, I'll send you to a church you'll never leave. Go to East Valley Bible Church, which <laughs> is now Redemption Gilbert. And he said, Tom Schrader is the pastor, you'll love it, which ended up being my father-in-law. Um, <laughs> so I showed up and I remember he was teaching. And at the time I thought, Tom just kind of got up, taught the Bible. And I had had all these people at the time as a student athlete, like you need to be in a small group, you need to be in a Bible study, you need to go to church and go to our parachurch college ministry. And I remember going like, student athletes just cannot do that. Like that's it. <laughs> and so I remember showing up, I'm like, I'm getting like everything in one. I'm getting like a Bible study, church, I'm meeting people. Like this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I've never left. Well, I remember, I think, like you said, that next summer, you and I played Athletes in Action together. And I think that was a key moment for me, really, mm. you know, believing in the importance mm. of the local church. And it was actually that next year 
that um, my then girlfriend Molly and I really started kind of hunting around in Champaign Urbana, so trying to find a local church to connect to, and we stayed connected to the, you know, athletic ministry and campus ministries. But it really was through that experience at Community Evangelical Free Church. Yeah. You know, we'd go on Sunday nights to a small group with people that we thought were ancient. They were probably in their thirties. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, man, it was such a sweet experience because our whole life was just immersed in in college students. Yeah. And I, I don't think we actually even had any idea how wise it was <laughs> to get connected to the mm. to the broader fellowship of the church. So, Josh, uh, even as, as Tyler shared there, right, San Fratello right. is a guy you Frill. go back with. Yeah. You know, FCA is kind of a big yeah. part of your story, yeah. too. How did your love for the local church develop? Uh, so I got saved through FCA and a high school, so I was kind of similar, like, okay, I need a Bible teaching. Uh, so my dad was going to Northwest Community where Larry Wright was the teacher, so I was getting good Bible teaching, but I wasn't in love with the church. I didn't really see it as anything more than just Bible study, make sure there's a good teacher there. Uh, move away to Texas, uh, get married, and me and Aubrey try to find a church that basically mimics East Valley Bible. So we're looking for Tom Schrader of Texas, and we find him, Tommy Nelson, in Denton, Texas, which is an hour drive. <laughs> yep amazing teacher. And then we just came to the conviction, we can't keep driving an hour to do church. So we, we, ours is, this is the negative way I say it. We made some concessions on things that we really wanted to be local. And we fell in love with this church and we got involved in a Sunday school class. And that's where I felt my call to ministry. So McKinney Memorial Bible right there in Fort Worth, Texas, next to TCU is kind of the first church I became a part of, cared about, loved, and still had, uh, Stuff about it, I would want to be different, but it was like, I'm going to commit to this place. And it's through the people there and the relationships, especially older folks, like you said. These people are actually older. They weren't 30 old. They were, you know, in 70s, grandparents. Um, and me and Aubrey just fell in love with the church there. Aubrey fell in love with the church through East Valley Bible because she grew up in the church, wanted a good church. Somebody said, Andy Creo said, hey, go to East Valley Bible. You'll never leave. And same so with all these people which, saying you'll never leave. <laughs> which I think is interesting. I mean, important in this video, there's a couple things Josh just said. So East Valley Bible Church is now Redemption Gilbert. I said that earlier. Um, that was kind of a part of our history. And he mentioned Larry Wright at Northwest Community, who was Tom Schrader's mentor and honestly, like, spiritual father at every right. level. So the lineage of this story is so interesting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which wasn't just directly people looking for it, but how God's put together a real family yeah. in Redemption Church is pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah, and so one of the things now that Redemption's known for is church planting, church multiplication. And I think maybe when we initially came together almost 10 years ago, that was like a big, hey, we want to plant churches. Mm-hmm. I think it's still important, but we've realized, you know, church planting is the outgrowth of church health, mm-hmm. and um, it's not the end-all, be-all, and yet it is something we want to do. So, uh, Tyler, maybe even though mm-hmm. you haven't personally planted a church, you've been connected to a lot of church planting. Mm-hmm. What is it about church planting that, with your love for the local church, why start a bunch of new ones when there's lots of churches around? Well, I think the if, if you get real simple and, like, what should the church be doing— you know, typically you'll get to the statement, which I agree with 100% of, it's making disciples. And out of making disciples comes the making of leaders. And a lot of times in the way God works is that in certain leaders that you develop, not all, that's a very important thing, but in, in certain leaders you develop, it's kind of like God births a church inside them mm-hmm. that they really want to see. And so some of it has to do with individual leader calling. The other reality is just when you get into contexts and communities, um, especially right now, is there's a lot of places you can drive by that are churches, and there's lots of good churches, um, tons of them. But many times when a new church starts, 
new people in the community or people that have been disconnected from church or never a church, when a new church starts, they're really likely to jump on board because they go, even if it's subconscious, there's a lot of new people that want to come. There's reality. The other thing is embedded in the nature of a birthing a new church, we say planting churches also, is embedded in it is it can't exist unless it reaches new people built into the sustainability structure, mm. like there would be a restaurant has to get new customers. This may be bad language, but just to help you understand mm. is churches have to begin to think, who are these people? And if they think rightly, they're not thinking, how do I go to the church down the road and pull people from that church into my church? Mm. Sure. Is when you have a wider kingdom vision, you go, who are these people here that are disconnected from ongoing levels where they can see and be transformed in the image of Jesus and they go after. So there's interest in the community and there's um, the nature of the, the what's being activated in the new church plant just helps people get reached. The last thing I'll say, which we talk about a lot, is church plants allow <clears throat> people that may be at one church who decide to go to this one serve at levels they've never served before. Mm, sure. There's kind of risk, there's faith uh, leaps to it that are people that have been a part of church plants love that dynamic. And the early stage of the new frontier is really memorable even for years later. Mm. Yeah, and so like even in a place like Arizona where there's so many new people coming, I mean, we just couldn't, we or any other group of, of Christians couldn't plant enough churches right. to keep up with the people who are coming. And so there's huge opportunity. And so, Josh, you and I met when I was in the early days of planting yeah. Second Mile Church, which became Redemption Gateway. And uh, after your time yeah, in Texas, you moved out, right. kind of took a risk to you know be, be part of our church right. and eventually ended up on staff leading Next Gen and student ministry. And for years, you've had people come to you going, when are you going to plant a church? When are you going to plant a church? Um, I'm tired of Luke. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's do something. I, how how how's that process been for you? Being at a church you liked and a yeah. role you were thriving in, and thinking, man, am I going to leave this? How yeah. am I going to do that? Uh, it feels like you're like a dad figure, and you developed me. And there comes a point where you're like, big brother. Let's, big brother. I'm yeah. not old enough to be a dad. I like that. Like I see with my kids, like there comes a point where they're going to, like what you said with the new leaders, want to be able to create their own home environment and start to create their own traditions. And that's a lot of it is just I got developed there. I could stay at Gateway and love my job, but I feel like God has birthed in me a, a, a desire to see something new, a desire to uh, empower other leaders that aren't in the game yet. Um, and it's, it's not like I've always wanted to be a church planner. I wanted to be a pastor, and I walked down this road, and part of pastoring in a startup church, Second Mile, now Redemption Gateway, was I had to build stuff. So student ministry was like nine yep. kids when I took it over. Right. It's, you know, 300-something kids. Like, I was always a part of building stuff and creating culture and kind of moving with momentum, and I realized, oh, I like being kind of the point guard in this game that kind of helps all that happen. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, there's a shelf life at a gateway to be able to do that because it becomes you know, a big church and it gets systems in place. So uh, a few years ago, I started thinking and just praying, okay, what would it look like uh, to move on? And I felt like God saying, at some point you're gonna move on and plant a church. Mm -hmm. And there were still question marks around that. We can talk about that yeah. you know, at some point. But yeah, I just, I liked building and I liked pastoring and I liked helping create culture and empowering people. And those all kind of fit into the church planning DNA, so. Sure. Um, well, and I know a bunch of people at Gateway had hoped that, you know, we're in the right. Far East Valley. Totally. A lot of people hoped you would be closer there. Um, 
but the way that North Phoenix happened yeah. is actually pretty cool. And that's a place that's been on your heart for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting just within the valley, if you kind of were to map out the redemption congregations, they sort of go from, you know, southeast to northwest. Right. And this North Phoenix area is one kind that we kind of haven't right. had any anything. But then um, I remember we were at your church planning assessment. Yeah. And we were just, the people doing the assessment, I got to be part of that assessment, yeah. assessment team, were kind of going, well, how serious is Watt? Does he really want to do this? Right. And so someone kind of threw out a flyer and said, well, well, what if right. you were told by redemption leadership, you right. have to plant in North Phoenix? What would you right. think about that? And what if Tyler made you? Right. Which is really <laughs> not at all how Tyler leads, right. but we were just kind of pushing yeah. to go like, is this something in yeah. you or you just sort of right. you want to be told or what? And I remember being shocked at how you just right away went. And Aubrey. But yeah. I said, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, wow, what is it? You know, And actually one of the folks that was part of that assessment team was also in North Phoenix. Right. And they've been praying for years right. about having another church plant that totally. they could support. And, and specifically um, they've been yeah. praying for a pastor from Phoenix for Phoenix. So mm-hmm. they've been kind of mm-hmm. wanting a local person to be able to kind of relocate there, which is just all the more beautiful in the story. Yeah, so... And, so you had that assessment, and then we came back and kind of, I mean, you weren't demanding anything, no. <laughs> but we kind of said, hey, Ty, what do you think about North Phoenix? It was at the pastor's meeting. I went and met with you, and you're like, I heard something really fascinating. They brought up North yeah. Phoenix, and you were open to it. That's just fascinating to me, and you kind of unpacked why that place has been on your heart, among other places, but that place in particular. I don't know if you mm-hmm. want to share why kind of that part of town. Yeah, I mean, a couple things I'd, I'd say in the midst of this is, one, um, you said that's not at all the way I lead. One of the ways, the way redemption structured and the way we call it multi-congregational, not multi-site, is we're not just launching a site that we establish, right. here's the, the pure culture, this right. is the way it looks. And I've talked to a lot of multi-site pastors in Arizona and nationally, and they will delineate what's different in redemption from them is they really are trying to replicate the experience of kind of the original mothership in multiple locations. We are essentially the totally opposite of that, is that we're trying to say in redemption, redemption church needs to look like redemption church. We have to have alignment on what this looks like in that context. So this is in that community so even when you look at North Phoenix, it's like it's a big swath. I mean, right. people call a lot of area right. North Phoenix. So some of even your desire was honing in on what part of North Phoenix because they're not all the same. So Redemption Church in that context and then under that leadership. Right. So Redemption North Mountain is going to look a lot like the way you begin to plant it, that, mm-hmm. that churches and organizations and families, for that matter, take on the personality of the people that are leading it. So Redemption Church, in that context, under that leadership, and then we say at that stage of life. So the way North Mountain looks right now in planting phase, you can't compare yourself to Redemption Gilbert, who's almost 30 years old. Like, that's absurd. So that's one thing I'd want to say. The other one is we, we, because of that model, a lot of times I've had conversations with people that will show up to different congregations, and they'll say, you have a brand control problem (laughs) uh, or a quality control problem. And I've said to them, listen, if we're talking about Nordstrom's, that's really true. Like if I go to Nordstrom Scottsdale and then show up at Nordstrom Chandler and the experience is vastly different, that's a problem. Out of business, by the way, so don't go there. (laughs) Out of business, yeah, so don't go there. But if you show up in environments like that, that is a problem. But now if you change and you go, we're not thinking about corporate brand name, but we're thinking about family name. You would never go to your son's house. If my son, Braden, who's 15 years old right now, if now he's 21 and married, doesn't quite yet have kids, and somebody had 
you know, for years been coming to our house and then they showed up to Braden's house and they said, you have a brand quality control name <laughs> problem on Johnson. Yeah. You, no one would do that because yeah. they're thinking in family terminology. And that's really important when we understand mm -hmm. to get inside redemption is we're thinking in extend, mm -hmm. extended family terminology because we believe that's consistent with the Bible and the way things naturally mm -hmm. grow. So when it came to North Mountain, I have this huge sense of like, I don't wanna tell people where to go. Right. Like we, we've attempted that very early in our yeah. um, history and it didn't go well. Well, I remember um, as a church planner feeling like, this is a hard enough thing. I need to care about this place and love this place. Yeah. I don't wanna be told where That's to go. Right. Yeah. That's right. And yet then there's certain times where people just need some direction. And that's, I think, what was happening is that Josh and Aubrey had some areas that they were really interested in. We kind of said, hey, in the collective understanding of redemption, those are areas where we're kind of concentrated right now. For us, we need right. to get more strategic. And then there's this whole other plot. But I had always thought about North Phoenix, um, one, because we weren't there, two, the nature of kind of more infill communities that are a lot of infill communities in the city of Phoenix are being populated by new move-in transfers. So wh whatever reason you look at this is they want kind of an urban sentiment. Downtown Phoenix is too expensive. Um, they don't want the sprawling suburbs. They want a little bit more of an older feel. So new residents are moving in there, which is good. There's more diversity. So a lot of times infill areas begin to get more diverse over periods of time. So there's there's a there's a lot of the word I'd use is a lot of texture to it. Yeah. And that area has just felt strategic for a lot of different reasons. And a lot of communities do. Yeah. But that was my interest level yeah. in it. So when they yeah. came back and said that and you were interested, I we played that out, that totally. kind of level of conversation. And for me it was the texture piece is what me and Aubrey because in Texas we lived in an older neighborhood, you know, kind of old culture, been around a while. We lived in an older part of Chandler. Yeah. We, you know, not, nothing against the suburbs or, no, or Tina, yeah. but like we wanted a certain feel of environment. That's what, what warms our heart in North Phoenix has it. Exactly yeah, I remember right. driving so, around with you and yeah. you, and just feeling like, oh my goodness, this, this place just yeah. feels <laughs> like the Watts. Yeah. And um, so here it's we funny, are. Huh? college kids that come visit us from Gateway, they drive in and they get to us, they're like, oh my gosh, this is totally a Watt neighborhood. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, and that's really just, Sweet, how yeah. God arranged that. So in the coming months, you're preparing a launch team yep. of, uh, I don't know, dozens of people yep. who are going to help get this thing started. Yep. Um, hopefully early 2021, there will yep. be some sort of launch. Yeah. Um, any particular ways you would hope that the rest of the Redemption family would be praying for you guys or helping you in this process? Yeah, they, Arcadia and Flagstaff and other people, Peoria even have been helpful. They've sent some people. So people that live in that area and want to be strategic. So like a few Peoria people came over who are teachers in Sunny Slope, which is right in the North Mountain area. And they've been dreaming about being able to do church and life in their community all to, and it's like, God's already answering that question. So yeah. people and then prayers. And then just uh, one of my big dreams is people that you know that live in that area that you're going to invite to our church one day. And yeah. they're possibly don't know Jesus, I'm gonna meet Jesus through our church. That's kinda, I mean, that's what I love about redemption is I know I could send someone to any of these congregations and though the brand might be off or mm. whatever, feel they're gonna get the gospel, they're gonna get a big God, a person mm. not taking themselves too serious, they're gonna get what we love about why we do what we do here at Redemption. So uh, yeah, that's it, just prayer, people that you might have there, people keep trickling in, it's just mm. interesting. It's been a wild COVID season because probably three right. emails a week of, people that have been praying for something in that area. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just been fascinating. Yeah. So within redemption and outside of redemption mm -hmm. even so. 
Well, man, I'm so I'm so excited <laughs> about this. Um, you and I have had a lot of conversations about this, and we have as a whole. And to uh, just be walking with you yeah. through this process, and and so uh, if you know people in North Phoenix, tell them about the church. Um, we're hoping it's going to launch at some point early 2021, January 10th. January 10th. Yep. Pray for that. And uh, it's just really cool to be part of this yeah. movement of trying to glorify God by birthing and strengthening healthy local congregations. And um, it's fun to do it together. 